Hi, and welcome to the Bipolar Feminist Podcast. I'm Nikita Ramkisun, and today we are discussing some myths about intersectional feminism. There is no specific trigger warning today, but do listen with care, as always. There's a special something available to my patrons, so listen to the end. There are many myths about feminism that pervade the truth about the movement. In order to debunk these myths, we need to understand what feminism actually is before we show what it isn't. Feminism is the belief in social, political and economic equality of all people, regardless of sex, sexuality or gender identity. The goal of feminism is to challenge the systemic inequalities that women, and trans women included because trans women are women, face on a daily basis. Feminism strives to challenge the gender stereotypes that are rooted in cultural biases. These beliefs about how the binary of men and women should look, think and behave, based on biological sex, can lead to rigid categories and rules that are expected to govern our actions. Living or feeling outside these categories often leads to psychological stress, marginalization, oppression, isolation and struggles with identity. Feminist psychological theory suggests that many mental health concerns can be connected to and are a result of the oppression and marginalization experienced within society's rigid gender framework. Lawyer and theorist Kimberley Crenshaw wrote that all inequality is not created equal. An intersectional approach to feminism shows the way that people's social identities can overlap, creating compounding experiences of discrimination. We tend to talk about race inequality as separate from inequality based on gender, class, sexuality, immigrant status or disability. This includes other forms of oppression. What's often missing is how some people are subject to all of these and the experience is not just the sum of its parts. The history of the women's movement has been long and hard. Westernized feminism in its current form has been conceptualized in four major movements or waves, although as a concept, feminism has been present since the dawn of humanity. The first wave was that of women's suffrage in the late 1800s and ending with white women earning the right to vote with the passage of the 19th Amendment in 1919. The focus on this wave was on fighting to overturn legal barriers to equality like voting and property rights, but only for white women. Women like Susan B. Anthony were early advocates that began the fight for equality only for white women. The second wave of feminism came in the late 1960s and lasted for roughly 20 years. This wave broadened the scope of the movement to include sexuality, workplace rights, family and reproductive rights, still only for white women. This movement brought legislation such as Roe v. Wade. This wave also brought timeless pieces of literature, art, music and film. These first two movements of feminism are largely considered cisgendered and white, leaving out women of color. As a result, the third wave of feminism focused on diversity and individuality. This wave brought out new ideas to the movement, such as the concept of intersectionality, sex positivity, violence against women, and the reclaiming of derogatory terms. This wave lasted until the 2010s, in which a fourth wave was born. The fourth wave furthers the focus on intersectionality and includes examination of gender norms and marginalized women. This wave posits the importance of gender representation of marginalized group in politics and business to support and develop equity by incorporating all perspectives of all people. The movement rallies behind the mentality that equal opportunity sought for girls and women should extend to boys and men to overcome all gender norms. 
This is a feminism for all people that supports the belief for individuals to live their lives based on what suits them versus what society deems appropriate. It has only recently begun to include trans women and non-binary folk. So let's go over some of the myths. Feminists hate men. There's a word for this, and it's called misandry. As noted previously, feminists sometimes love men. In fact, true feminists acknowledge the impact that the patriarchy has on men and boys, all the more reason to strive to dismantle it. Feminists have no sense of humor. We only don't have a sense of humor when the joke is not fucking funny. Being opposed to sexist and otherwise marginalizing jokes does not indicate how and to what degree one enjoys other types of humor. We do not see the humor in our marginalization. Sorry, not sorry. Feminism is only for women. Well, no. Because feminism is about gender equality, not just the furthering of women's rights. Men are oppressed by the patriarchy too. Feminism hurts men. Again, this movement is in support of men defining themselves and masculinity in a manner that best suits the individual. The patriarchy hurts men. I will say it over and over again. Feminism is about empowering all people, regardless of sex, gender, orientation, and other categories that society impinges on people. Generally, men are not allowed to show emotion, and patriarchy has successfully marketed anger as not an emotion. So men, generally, are only allowed to feel anger. And this is damaging, not just to men, but women and all other genders. Feminism ignores men's issues. Well, rewind a little bit. Feminism posits that the issues of women, men, and all other genders are not separate entities, but all stem from the same system of inequality. Feminism is about gaining power and creating a society ruled by women, and this is utterly false. This is a myth created by men who have absolutely no imagination as to what equality looks like because they have never experienced equality. The movement is about equal access to resources and equal respect across the system. Because how can we effectively govern a society without all voices and all perspectives represented at the table? And, let me just say, what does it mean to have a seat at the table if the table is on fire and men set the table on fire? Feminists are stuck up and crazy. This is a myth that keeps people disconnected from the primary mission of the movement and it's an absolute gaslight and distraction. Further, the word crazy has been used for centuries as a means of undermining and minimizing women's experiences. And this has to stop. Women make up 51% of the world's population, and it's time our voices carry equal weight. Men who are feminists are traitors. Also false. I can't understand why we continue to demonize and shame men for supporting women and girls. An argument that is constantly applied here is about how men have mothers, spouses, partners, sisters, and daughters whom they love. While this is nice, I'd like to live in a world where we acknowledge and value women for being human not just existing in relation to men. All people deserve respect and dignity. Further, due to the unequal distribution of power, feminists need men as allies, as the status quo will never change unless those with the access to power join the fight. I've said it before and I will say it again. Women's rights will never be furthered until men see patriarchy as a men's problem that they need to fix rather than a woman's problem that they need to empathize with. Feminists can't be feminine. Absolutely wrong. There is no one single way of being feminist. There is no one single way of being a woman. You want to wear a lot of makeup? Go right ahead. You want to wear no makeup? Go right ahead. Do you want to shave your armpits? Sweet. If you don't want to, that's fine too. 
The beauty of the movement is the idea that people can be who they are and there is inherently nothing wrong with it and inherently value in their humanity, regardless of their choices. On the back of that, feminists are fat, ugly, hairy, lonely, etc. All sorts of women can be and are feminists. Feminism is opposed to the notion that the degree to which a woman fulfills the interests of cis straight men, like being attractive, accommodating, sexually available, etc., should be considered the measure of their value as a human being. We do not exist for men's pleasure. What's the point? Things are mostly equal. Untrue. There are still gross inequalities in pay, healthcare, the workforce, education, and the distribution of wealth. Women got the vote. What's there to worry about? White women got the vote in the US in 1919 and black women only in the 1960s. There are still many places around the world where women are not free. Just look at what is happening in Iran at the moment and the fact that women's rights are severely limited in places like India and Saudi Arabia. Also, you don't even have to look that far. Roe v. Wade was overturned recently and abortion rights are not available to all women in supposedly one of the most progressive countries in the world, that is the US. Feminists are just angry because they can't get laid or have boyfriends. Let me tell you that feminists have the best sex ever. And that's not biased. Yes, feminists are angry because whether we are having sex or relationships or good enough to be having such is not a relevant measure of our value as human beings. Feminism is only for white women. I would say that the assumption that feminism is only for white women is understandable because of its history. Intersectional feminism aims to address that. And yes, there are movements like womanism which aim to engage black women and the notion of the black family. But feminism now can encompass all of it. The beauty of a movement is that it is constantly moving. And when you take all of these concerns into account, people can be included in the movement. It is never too late because these movements are not static. Using an intersectional lens means recognizing the historical context surrounding an issue. Long histories of violence and systemic discrimination have created deep inequalities that disadvantage some from the outset. These inequalities intersect with each other for example, poverty, caste, racism, sexism, denying people rights for equal opportunities, equal pay, etc. The impacts extend across generations. Those who are most impacted by gender-based violence and gender inequalities are also, usually, the most impoverished and marginalized. Black and brown women, indigenous women, women living in rural areas, young girls, girls living with disabilities, trans youth and gender non-conforming youth. Looking through this intersectional lens, we see how different communities are battling various interconnected issues all at once. Standing in solidarity with one another, questioning power structures, and speaking out against the root causes of inequalities are critical actions for building a future that leaves no one behind. People who know me have heard me say, white women will always choose white supremacy over solidarity with women of color and this needs to change. White women, get your shit together. If you see inequality as a them problem or an unfortunate other problem, that is your problem. We have got to be open to looking at all the ways our systems reproduce these inequalities, and that includes the privileges as well as harms. A good understanding of how economics plays a large factor in the oppression of women is key, because no woman will be free until the capitalism that lies at the core of patriarchy is dismantled. And from this lens, feminism is not scary or intimidating. I mean, feminists can be. But the reality is, there are a lot of injustices in this world, all of them intersecting with each other and some of them so far apart we cannot see the other realities. 
Feminists merely strive for a more equal and equitable place for all people, a world where people aren't valued based on their alignment with specific stereotypes, but are celebrated for differences and unique perspectives. These systems and structures negatively impact every single person, only perpetuating the flaws that have hurt us for generations. I can't accept this. So I strive for a world to be safer and a more accepting place for our daughters, but also for our sons and everyone in between. For intersectional feminism to achieve its goals, we have to let the most marginalized people lead the movement so that all intersections of oppression are covered and so that no person is left behind. Thank you for listening and for sticking around for almost a full year. Being the end of the first year of this podcast, I would like to offer the first 10 patrons to comment a chance to read the first three chapters of the book I am working on. Comment and I will send you the chapters via email. I would like to thank all of you for making this podcast possible and for the continued support throughout the year. For patrons, I will still be uploading the monthly lecture for December as well as hosting the final Q&A session for the year and will be hosting a weekly reading live on Patreon every Thursday until Christmas. If you are listening on a streaming service, should you wish to support me, please subscribe to The Bipolar Feminist on Patreon or donate directly to Nikki Starfish on Coffee. Happy holidays, have a safe and wonderful festive season, and see you in the new year.